Hi friends, just letting you know that I have got a bit of a potty mouth, so if you're surrounded by kids or people who are easily offended, you might want to pop your headphones in for this one. Alright, ta-ra! Hi friends, and welcome to episode two of Ollie Ted Talks. It's currently snowing outside, so um, I'm quite glad that I can just lock myself up in here for the day and just record this episode. Yeah, I, I really loved the snow as a kid, but um, now, not so much. <laughs> uh, my, fir- my first episode came out last week. Ooh, that was, um, that was a bit nerve-wracking, I'm not going to lie. And if I'm being honest, I expected maybe like three or four of my closest friends to listen to it, and for the response from them to be like, oh, well... Uh, That was a bit embarrassing, wasn't it? (laughs) Um, But no, the response has been incredible. Like, I've been quite overwhelmed, actually, with all the lovely, supportive messages I've received. Um, Even from, like, people I don't know have even reached out to say that they want to hear more and they enjoyed it. So that was really lovely. Like, thank you so much to everyone who's got in contact. Like, really, really happy um, with the response. One thing that's got a particularly um, good response was the theme tune. (laughs) Apparently it's really catchy. I mean, honestly, I just wanted to like zhuzh up the music a bit, make it a little bit more personal, you know? So I thought a little bit of a Oli Ted Talks, Oli Oli Ted Talks. Yeah, I just thought that'd be a bit of fun. And uh, you you guys loved it. So that's great. Um, One of the things that has got a little bit of a mixed response, I'd say, is the <laughs> the ah! sound clip. <laughs> and right, honestly, I listened back to it and I... You know, when I was recording it, I thought that that was literally the height of comedy. Um, but then when I listened back the next day after I'd posted the episode, I quickly realised that it's actually a, it's a little bit uncomfortable, that noise, isn't it? Um, but yeah, not to get all Artodian or anything, but I think, you know, as, my, as a podcast host, my job really is to evoke an emotional response from my audience. So, you know, job done. Um, if that noise made you feel uncomfortable, <laughs> like it did me when I listened back. Um but, you know, um, I'm I'm going to, you know, try and um, limit the amount of times I use that sound clip in that, this episode. I don't want to upset anyone. <laughs> um, but no, my friend Courtney actually sent me the most hilarious voice note after she listened to the episode. I'm, you know I'm going to have to play it for you because it had me in stitches. I am in the fucking car listening to your podcast and it sounds like I'm listening to a fucking porno. I feel like I have my windows down and <laughs> staring at me. Oh, <laughs> it's so good though by the way i've given you a five star rating too um it's so exciting well done for completing it um but yeah literally people looking at me like is that girl just listen to a fucking erotic story while she's just fucking in the car in traffic <laughs> yeah sorry about that courtney uh <laughs> Um, oh, at, while on the subject of rating me five stars, thank you so much to everyone who's shown their support on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast um, app that you're listening to this on. Please do go and rate five stars. It really helps me reach a bigger audience. And um, I would really appreciate that. Um, love you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for the support you've shown. Very, very happy about it. So last week, my topic of the week was sexuality, and I talked a little bit about my experience being a gay man, answered some questions that were related to that topic too, and actually just just talked about being gay pretty much for an hour straight, or, well, an hour, an hour gay, if you will. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was actually thinking, if you were to play a drinking game to that podcast episode, and you took a shot every time that I said the word gay or LGBT... I mean, I, I think you'd be in for a pretty messy round, you know, <laughs> like it'd be quite a good night for you or well, maybe a bad night, depending on your perspective or um, your alcohol tolerance, I guess. Um, but yeah, a lot, lot of chat about being gay, you know, even when I got to the end of the episode, I was like, all right, mate, we know we get it. You're a homo. <laughs> um, but yeah, this week I'm going to cover a slightly different topic. Um, I asked you guys if you've got any questions or um, stories, please send them in to do with this topic. And the topic is celebrity encounters. Yeah, I'm going to be talking a little bit about meeting celebrities, uh, bumping into them, having encounters with them, celebrity encounters. Do you know what? I've actually met quite a lot of celebrities. 
And, like, not on purpose. Like, I don't seek them out or anything. I, there's been a few occasions, you know, where you wait by the side door of a gig to, to meet someone you really like. I've done that. But I just seem to have come across a lot of celebrities in my time. And I'm not sure if it's because I've, like, always lived in cities or if it's just because, like, I have quite a um, vast knowledge of pop culture. You know what I mean? So, like, when I come across people who other people might not necessarily recognise, I, like, just do. <laughs> Um, actually, I used to, so I used to work in a restaurant and I served quite a lot of people who were, you know, kind of famous there. Um, but there was this one occasion where I was working in the restaurant and this woman walks in with her family and, uh, I spot her and straight away, I just, I just recognize her instantly. And I'm like, I know that person. And I'm like, that's a celebrity. And everyone's like, no, what, what are you talking about? She's not a celebrity. Like, look at her. Oh, that sounds really mean. I'm not going to say who it was anyway, but she she would just look like a mum. That's all she looked like. And I was like, no, I know her face. And it clicked in my head and I realised that she had been a contestant on Big Brother in like 2007. And she had probably only been on the show for about two weeks. <laughs> but I saw, but within two minutes, I had realised, I was like, no, that's a so-and-so from Big Brother. Like she was, she was like the second person evicted in 2007. <laughs> It's like you could literally sit down like one of a world famous sports player who has won shitloads of awards and is like legendary and I probably wouldn't know who they are, but sit down so and so who was in Big Brother for two weeks fifteen years ago and mate, I know who they are straight away. <laughs> oh, ridiculous, isn't it? Um I think I think my favourite claim to fame that I have is um you know you know the queen of Swagger Jagger, Michelle Lloyd. Oh, love her. Um me and Louisa, right? So we were we were walking up the Malvern Hills one day and we went on like a nice little walk. And Malvern is where Cher Lloyd is from originally. And um, so I thought I'd do a little tribute to Cher Lloyd through the hills. And I was like running around just being an absolute idiot, like singing Swagger Jagger. But I was singing it like I was going, oh, I can really see what inspired these lyrics. And I was singing it as if I was like an opera singer or something. And I was just going Swagger Jagger, like absolute dickhead um <laughs> but louisa recorded it and put it on her instagram story and tagged Cher Lloyd in it and she only went and opened the fucking story and like replied to louisa with laughing faces and i was like oh my god Cher Lloyd has watched me sing swagger jagger operatic addic addic addiction um no uh i have got an addiction to the song swagger jagger though i've got to tell you oh what a tune um but <laughs> Cher Lloyd had seen the video and like replied with laughing faces being like oh the Malvern Hills are lovely aren't they hope you're having a nice time and I was like Cher please don't think I'm disrespecting your song I fucking love Swagger Jagger uh yeah <laughs> so that's my fave claim to fame um I'm gonna tell three stories about uh, my celebrity encounters and like the people the stories I'm gonna tell aren't necessarily about like the most internationally known people but they are the people who are like the most famous to me because I adore them and um, there are situations where basically I was just meeting my heroes. And um, the stories that I've got from these three circumstances are quite, quite, uh, they're, they're, they're special, they're individual. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've always, do you know what, I've always had positive experiences when I've met people that I really admire, which I know you can't really say that for everyone. A lot of people say, don't meet your heroes, never meet the people you love. I must just choose my heroes really well because all the ones I've met would lush. Um <laughs> So yeah, I'll 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 kick off with my first little tale. Um so this one is about uh Miss Tiffany New York Pollard. If you don't know who she is, oh, I tell you what, you're going to be in for a rabbit hole of YouTube videos. She is most famous here in the UK for being on the show Big Brother. Um but I think in the US she she was originally she rose to fame on a t reality TV program called Flavor of Love, which was like a kind of bachelor type thing. Um, and she is like the queen of memes. I mean, if you Google, if you like YouTube her, you will definitely recognize some of the quotes and stuff because she's the most memeable person of all time. The best video of her is <laughs> when she was in the Big Brother house. Um, she was in the house with David Bowie's ex-wife, Angie. And um, they thought, so it was when David Bowie died and Angie found out while in the house and went and told Tiffany that David had died but failed to say the last name of the David that had died, and they were living with another David, who was also not very well in the house. And um, 
basically Tiffany thought that David had just died in the house, caused a massive scene, and oh my god, if you haven't seen the video, or even if you have, I highly recommend that you pause this and go watch it, because it is, it will provide you with the best day ever. (laughs) It is the best reality TV moment of all time, it's got to be so funny. Um, But yeah, Tiffany Pollard is just the most charismatic person ever, like, she's so funny, and um, so, right, I'm going to tell you about when I met her. So, I was... In America, um, I'd just been out the night before in Atlanta. I had gone to a strip, cl- I'd gone to a male strip club actually, and gotten really, really drunk. Um, that's a whole other story in itself. But the next day, I had a flight to LA, um, and I remember I was so, so hungover, so rough on this. Pl- and I got this plane ride. Obviously, anyone who has ever flown with a hangover, oh, it just makes it ten million times worse, doesn't it? It's no, no fun whatsoever. So I got on this plane. Um, Flew to LA and the plane landed in LAX and I like was walking off the plane and as I got off it, I just saw this wheelchair just like waiting for someone um, outside of, you know, when you get off the plane and you're on that. There's like little like corridor that they connect to the doors Um, and there was a man holding the wheelchair waiting obviously to take someone through the airport. But on, on the wheelchair was a sign that said reserved for Tiffany Pollard. And my instinct when I saw it was like, I like had a little laugh to myself because I was like, oh, oh my God, there's someone on this plane, some, you know, person who has some kind of mobility issues or was maybe a bit older, who has the same name as Tiffany Pollard. How iconic. Imagine having her name. Brilliant. I just thought, I was just like, ah, that's funny. Um, what kind of wanted to take a picture of the wheelchair to send to my friends to be like, ah, someone's got the same name as Tiffany Pollard. But, you know, I thought I'd be respectful. So I didn't do that. Anyway, walk through this airport. I'm pretty roughed, to be honest. I had a heavy night the night before. Um, and I get to where you're waiting for your luggage. And I'm, you know, just looking around, waiting to waiting for my luggage to come out of the conveyor. And I turn around and I just see T- the Tiffany Pollard getting wheeled through the airport. <laughs> and this guy's just pushing her around in the wheelchair and she looks she looks as iconic as she is you know she had these massive like blinged out sunglasses on and like this coat and she's just got like her legs crossed and her hands like on her knees like the absolute queen that she is and I just spotted her and I was literally like oh oh (laughs) fuck so um she like gets off this she gets up off this wheelchair like thanks the man oh thank you Uh, (laughs) gets up and starts walking towards me like to walk past me to be where the luggage is and um she must have clocked eyes with me and I was looking at her and I literally my mouth was just wide open like I was gawping I was like oh my god because this woman is like (laughs) she's just one of my favorite celebrities I just adore her and um as she kind of walked past me she obviously must have seen that I'd spotted her <laughs> and she like was walking past and I I didn't know what to do I had like fully frozen up obviously I was really hung over so I was like but I, was, I don't know I was just a mess um so as she walked past I was just I didn't know what to do I just went oh, I'm a really big fan <laughs> and she like looked at me and was like oh thank you and then like carried on walking past and um <laughs> I was just like I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh my God, that's fucking, that's the Tiffany Pollard. I was freaking out. Um, so anyway, I, w- I went and sat down because the lug, I don't know why the luggage hadn't come out yet. And I could, I just spotted her sat across the way and I started messaging my friends being like, you'll never guess who I've just fucking seen in the airport in LA. Like Tiffany Pollard's here. Like, what do I do? Oh my God. And I realized that none of my friends were going to believe me. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, right, I'm going to have to go and ask her for a picture and oh, I was just, I was just so starstruck because, you know, it's Tiffany Bollard, man. Um, so I went, went over, and I was like, "Excuse me," like, because I hate. This is the thing. Normally, if I meet a celebrity, I'll just pretend I don't know who they are, um, and just act normal. But when it's someone that you really admire, like I admired Tiffany Pollard, it was like she probably gets people asking her for pictures and stuff all the time. Like it's probably really annoying. So I was like, right, I'll be respectful. So I walked over, and I was like. Hey, um, Tiffany, I, I, I'm from England. I watched you on Big Brother and I'm like a really, really big fan. I think you're amazing. And like, I was wondering if you would, if it would be all right if you would get a picture with me. <laughs> she was like, oh my God, honey. Yeah, of course. And like, 
oh, sorry, it's the worst impression of Tiffany Pollard ever. I can't, I, I can't do her accent. I don't want to be disrespectful to the woman. Um, but <laughs> she was like, yeah, of course. And we were like taking pictures. But I was so hungover and starstruck at the same time that I was like, my hand was shaking. I looked like death. So I was like trying to get this picture with her. And I was like, oh, sorry, Tiffany. Like I just, I, I'm pretty rough today. And she was like, oh, honey, me too. I look terrible. And she had these like huge sunglasses on. <laughs> and she was so lovely. And she was like, where are you from? Oh my God, you're from the UK. Like, I love it over there. And was like, just being the sweetest woman ever. And um, I have this picture now of me and Tiffany Pollard. Iconic. But like, uh, she must have thought this boy, what is wrong with this boy? Because I was shaking like a shitting dog and I was so rough. And I, I was just like, I cannot... I cannot miss this opportunity to get a picture with Tiffany Pollard. And I did. And you know what? I've met the queen of memes. I have met that bitch. And, you know, I will um, always treasure that photo, despite the fact I look like absolute shit in it. <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what a fucking queen. Oh, love her. Um, all right. Second story I've got. All right. This one has been heavily requested. I've had quite a few people to... Quite a few people asking me to tell my experience of this. Okay. So the second story is a time that I embarrassed myself quite a lot, you know, even more than the shaky rough photo with Tiffany Pollard. Um, this experience was, um, do you know what? I actually, I'm not embarrassed by it, but I can, I can see like, I don't know. I can see other people watching might've been like, oh, cringe. Uh, so I went on the game show Pointless. Um, I've been a massive fan of the show. Like it's my favorite daytime TV game show. Like it's so I just love, I love Alexander Armstrong and Richard Osman. I like love the chemistry they have. They're so funny and witty and the, the game show is just cool and it's fun. And I've always watched it and thought, you know, I think I could, I think I could go on that. I think I could do quite well. Um, but obviously my areas of knowledge are quite limited, I'd say. Is that a bit harsh on myself? Maybe. You know, like I said, I know a lot about pop culture, um, music, I guess, film, TV, theatre, stuff like that. You know, I've got a I've got like quite specific knowledge in that would be good for that TV show. But I don't know anything about sports and like a lot of history and older stuff. I just was like, I don't I don't really know that kind of thing. So I was like, right, I know what I'll do. I'll ask someone who's a little bit older than me and who is um a little bit more into those kind of things than I am to go on it. So um I was sat in my mum and stepdad's house one day, just and I saw the application. And I, I said to my stepdad, I was like, oh, would you, would you ever go on a game show? Like, would you, I've just, I was like, there's an application for Pointless. Like, would you, would you fancy signing up? Like, it might be a laugh. And he agreed to it. And I was like, buzzing, let's do it. So I applied, you know, I feel like when you apply for stuff like that, you don't really expect to hear anything back. Um, but we got invited for an audition and nailed the audition and got on the show. And we were like, well, hey, we're going to be on BBC One, buzzing. Um, so yeah, um, the company... Endemol, they basically pay for you um, to travel to the location. They pay for you to get a hotel for the night if you're far away. And like they just, they arrange everything for the day. Um, Obviously we live in the Northeast. So it was a bit of a trek for us to travel down to the studios in London. So we ended up having to um, get the train down the night before and then stay in a hotel. Now, obviously we were absolutely buzzing. So we got this train down. We were like trying to revise our knowledge and stuff stayed in the hotel but I mean we really got next to no sleep so um the next day when we like went to the studios to record it we were like really tired like I was knackered like I I think I drank a lot of coffee that day and obviously coffee is the worst thing ever I mean for me anyway coffee gives me the worst anxiety so that just I was I was a little I was not in my best state we'll put it that way um, but before you go on the show, they put you in this green room and they like talk you through the rules of the game. And basically you're in there mixed with loads of other pairs. Um, so there was like me and my stepdad and we met loads of people in the day. It was really nice. And what they do is they basically have all these people in the room. Um, but they only take certain people off for each show because they obviously have to have like different ethnicities, different age groups, different types of people represented on each show. Um, so like it, whoever basically gets eliminated from the show before or like wins it and doesn't go into the next show um, gets swapped out for another 
pair. So you're basically waiting around in this room until you get called to go in for your show. And they filmed five shows in a day. So we were like, we were basically told it was likely that we would film both our shows in a day because you filmed two. Um, but there was a chance that we would be the last show to film and that we'd have to come back again to film the second one. And, you know, naturally, being tired and filled with coffee and anxiety, um, we were the last show to record in the day. <laughs> so we'd been sat around waiting, getting our makeup done, getting handed coffees and food and sandwiches for, I don't even know how many hours. I think we got there at like 7am and we didn't film our show until probably about 4pm. So we'd been sat around all day waiting, building up these anxieties and being like, oh my God, we're about to fucking meet Alexander and Richard and be on the show. <laughs> Um, but you know, we were very, it was, we were very excited, obviously pointless, my favorite game show. So I was buzzing about it. Um, and eventually, yeah, we, it was our turn to be, um, on the show. What ha- and what happens as well as they bring in like a ball bag <laughs> and, um, some, and you each have to choose a ball and that, that ball bag decides what podium you're going to be on. So they come in, they shake the ball bag and they, everyone does a chant going, ball bag, ball bag, ball bag. I know, a lot of fun. And um, the oldest person in your pair chooses the ball. So for us, that was my stepdad, Martin. Um, so he <laughs> he took the ball out and he got podium one. So we were going to be the first people on the podium to answer the questions, to introduce ourselves and everything. It was like the podium that nobody wanted. And I was like, ah, oh, typical, classic. Um, so yeah, we were on the first podium. So um, after you've picked your podiums, you go out of the green room and they take you into the studio um, and to start recording. And there's like a little audience of maybe like, maybe like 50 people, I'd say, were in the audience. Um they put you on, they like touch up your makeup, give you water, get you prepared. And you're like under these studio lights. And it's honestly, it was the most surreal experience ever, especially because it's a TV show that I watch religiously and adore. And I'd always fantasized about being on it. And there we were like on the show. And oh my God, I was, I was absolutely buzzing. So like everyone's there at their podiums. We're ready in position. Um, and into the studio come Alexander Armstrong and Richard Osman and the audience give them a little round of applause and before they go to like their stations where they're going to host the show um they like come over and speak to each pair individually first so um first like overcomes Alexander Armstrong and I tell you what in person he is the most charismatic charming guy like he's so lovely um but he like came over and literally started listing off stuff about me and my stepdad so he was like Martin works in an ice cream factory, blah, 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 blah. And then like looks at me, shakes my hand and is like, Oliver um, studies performing arts at university, uh, works like works in a restaurant, blah, 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 like saying all this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, Alexander Armstrong knows all this information about me. Like what the hell? Like obviously he must've been reading through our profiles before he comes on so that he knows what questions to ask us when we talk to him. Um, But yeah, it was just so surreal, like this man from the telly who I love coming and telling me all this information about myself I was like oh my goodness it was it was it was mad and then Richard Osman comes on over he is a tall guy all right I know he looks tall on the tv but in person that man I mean he must be about six foot six or something um but yeah he was absolutely lovely as well wished us luck gave us a handshake and that was delightful and then Uh, everyone gets in position, the lights come on, the music starts, and it's like the theme tune to Pointless that you watch as the show comes on. And, and Alexander and Richard start doing their thing and introducing the show how they always do. And it was, it was so bizarre. It was like, I had just like stepped into the TV and I was in the show. I, I, it was so overwhelming, but I was like, absolutely buzzing and like all the anxiety and the tiredness and everything just kind of left and I was just like here I am it's my stage (laughs) um so at the beginning of the show anyone who doesn't know the rules are pointless basically they say um that you have right one player has to go up to the podium and the other takes a step back or yeah something like that and then the person at the podium obviously answers everything first and for some reason I thought that I had stepped to the part where I wasn't on the podium. So I was expecting Martin to, like, answer the first question. Um, But I hadn't done that. I had stepped up to the podium. (laughs) So there I was, like, he was, like, Alexandra was like, right, so we're going to go to our first pair. Oliver. (laughs) 
and like starts talking to me. Um, did he call, was I, no, Ollie. I think my name was Ollie on the name badge, yeah. So he was like, Ollie, uh, tell me, like starts asking me questions about myself and I'm a bit like, oh, oh shit, yeah, I'm at the podium. <laughs> and um, he starts like reeling off these questions, asking me like about what I do, what, for, what I do for fun, blah, blah, blah. And at the time I had been working for a travel company as a rep, just like working in a destination in Europe. Um, I had just worked in Ibiza the summer before and it was like a, it was just like a summer job. Um, and he mentioned that and like asked what that was like, like working in locations in sunny in nice sunny destinations. And, um, I was like, yes, it's an amazing job. I love it. But you know, it's quite, it is quite hard work. And he was like, yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, and, you know, which destinations do you get to go to? Is it just in Europe or is it further afield? And in my head at this moment, what I intended to say was that you can either be placed in Spain or Greece. That was what my head was saying. What came out of my mouth um, was something slightly different. <laughs> so he goes, uh, so, you know, is it just in Europe? Can you be placed there or further afield? And I say, oh, um, you can be placed in either Europe or Greece. Yeah. <laughs> so the entire audience bursts out laughing. Uh, <laughs> Richard and Alexander start looking at each other like, did he just say that? <laughs> and then Alexander's like, Europe or Greece? Wow, really? <laughs> and then I just, I was just like, oh my God, I've said something stupid already. I'm on a game show. I'm the first person to talk. We've been recording for two minutes and I've already said something absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it was it was not my finest moment. I've got to tell you that. <laughs> um, however, I did end up scoring the best answer on the first round. So that was good. The first round was to do with films. Brilliant. We made it through there. Got to the... S- well, actually, do you know what? Maybe I shouldn't say any spoilers because um, if you haven't actually watched the episode, it's on YouTube. I don't really want to provide you with the link, but <laughs> if you want to see it, it's out there for the world to see. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, we actually bumped into Alexander and Richard after we'd filmed um, the episode as well. And they were just so, so lovely. Like, I think I think I definitely made a lasting impression on them, especially with the Europe and Greece comment, because <laughs> they seemed a little bit... Um, amused just by my presence <laughs> but hey you gotta leave a mark and um yeah when that when the episode actually aired some people were saying some really funny shit online somebody said somebody tweeted this was actually kind of mean but i i take it all with a pinch of salt like i don't get offended easily um someone commented being like is that is that ollie um what did they say I th- they were like, has that Ollie got problems or something like that? Because honestly, I was so excitable on the show that I just am like bouncing up and down and like grinning the whole time. And yeah, someone was like, has that Ollie got problems? Like, what's wrong with him? And someone else replied to him being like, no, love, I think he's just campers tits. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, yeah, hit the nail on the head there, didn't you? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that that experience was amazing. And Alexander and Richard was so lovely. And um. I don't really have that much else to say about it. The episode, the episode is on YouTube. Um, just to counteract that last comment, someone actually commented on the YouTube video um, saying that Ollie looks like Justin Timberlake, which, you know, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Justin personally, just because of the way he treated Britney. Um, but looks wise, I will absolutely take that, you know, you know, you got to take, you got to take the bad with the good. And I'm, I'm, I'm very complimented by um, that compliment, complimented by that compliment. Yeah. Okay, so my third story I have, I wouldn't really class this as a celebrity encounter. It's more more falls under the category of meeting meeting your heroes. Yeah. Um because this was more than one encounter and it's kind of like a, a little I've got to give you a little intro to how this happened. Um so basically, I mean a lot of people have asked me to talk about this and I will never turn turn that down. So yeah. Um basically I since I was about 12 years old, I have been a absolute super fan of the singer, songwriter, actress, activist queen Kate Nash. <laughs> um yeah, oh my god, I love her so much. I remember being 12 years old and like being in the supermarket and like she had just released her first album Made of Bricks. So this was like summer 2007. And I remember just begging and pleading my mum to let me get it because I'd been like listening to all the clips on her MySpace and I just loved her. 
And um, yeah, my mum said yes, got the album. And I remember I would just sit in my room, like this little 12 year old, and just have it like on my stereo and would just play it on repeat. And I adored it. I feel like it was the first album I had listened to where start to finish, I felt like it was taking me somewhere, you know, like every song had such a detailed and specific story and it was so relatable. And there was one track on that album, or there is one track on the album called Mariella. And it's about a girl who, like, it's like about a little girl who doesn't really fit in with the crowd. And um, she glues her lips together. And um, like, like, I remember being 12 and that song really resonated with me. And that love I had for Kate Nash kind of followed me throughout my teenage years. I even did like a presentation on her in school when I was 15. Yeah, 14 or 15. We So it was like uh, GCSE English and we had to do a presentation on something we were passionate about. And it, it was like, it can be anything. You just have to show that you've got presentation skills, like that you can deliver it. And I remember I did my presentation on Kate Nash and I like talked about her album coming out and like the impact that Made of Bricks had had, like which was like platinum selling and won a Brit Award. And when I talked about the album earning her a Brit Award, I like mentioned the fact that she had beat Leona Lewis to win it. I remember Leona Lewis had been like maybe like the bookie's favourite or something. So on the slide where I talked about Kate winning the award, I had like put, there's like this iconic picture of Leona Lewis like hysterically crying. And I'm pretty sure the story behind the picture is actually quite sad. I think it's from like Comic Relief or something. Uh, but in the context of the presentation, I just had this big picture of Leona Lewis crying <laughs> while talking about Kate beating her to get an award. And I remember just making the whole class hysterically laugh. And I, and that moment, you know, I was like, I'm supposed to be a performer. <laughs> um, but yeah, I um, went to see her live for the first time. My mum took me to Birmingham when I was 15 and we went and saw her show. Um, went and saw her again when I was 17 with my friend Ellie. And just like, I just loved her so much. Um, I, the first time I met her was that when, when I was 18, she released an album called Girl Talk and she kind of, she got like, dropped by her record label because she kind of changed her sound quite dramatically. Um, but it was really fucking badass. And this whole album and era was quite, quite punk, really cool. And she really kind of um, had this specific fan base at this point that was kind of like people who were, I guess, misfits a little bit. Um, but her shows were f phenomenal at that time. And I met her after a show when one of her shows when I was 18 and I was like, probably freaking out being like, oh, okay, love you. <laughs> and um, I remember she was like, at the time I was going through a breakup and she gave me this really, really lovely advice and was just the nicest, most genuine down-to-earth person ever. And I was just like, it just made me love her even more. So anyway, um, time went on. I ended up following a load of her shows in 2017. She did like a, a UK tour and it was kind of like the first tour she had done in a while. So I was like, right, fuck it, I'm going to book to go to at least three of the shows. So me and one of my friends, James, went and saw her in Manchester, Sheffield and Leeds. And then I went on my own to see her again in London um, and like met her a bunch of times during that time. And she was like so grateful for the support. I think especially being like an independent artist. I mean, she's had an incredibly successful career, like platinum selling album, Brit Award. She starred in like the award winning Netflix show Glow. Um, but I think she especially really appreciates her fan base. But anyway, um 2018, so this is the this is the story. This is the this is where it starts. Um I had planned to go to visit one of my friends in America. I was like, right, I want to go and visit my friend Anya, who lives in Atlanta. And um as I was kind of arranging this trip, Kate announces an American tour, and I was like, well, that's just the stars aligning, isn't it? I've got, I've got, of course, I've got to go and see her. So while I was planning to be in Atlanta, Kate was going to start her tour in California. So I kind of worked things out, jiggled things around. And I was like, right, I can stay at Anya's till this date. Then I'll fly to Los Angeles. And then that's when I'll go and follow some dates in America and see Kate's tour there. Um, and, you know, in this little part is the that's where I went where I met Tiffany Pollard you might have guessed like from my, my hungover flight from Atlanta to LA met Tiffany Pollard um <laughs> and then yeah went went and saw um Kate's show in LA and um yeah when I was in the crowd in the LA show like she came on stage and like spotted me pretty within the first song or two she like spotted me in the crowd and she just like 
Well, I think she must have been like halfway through a song and she just screamed in the microphone like, oh my God, what the hell are you doing here? And like jumps into the crowd and like gives me a hug. Oh, it was so sweet. Um, it was really cool that night actually because um, like all of the cast of Glow were at the venue. So they were just like there in this VIP area. And, you know, we were just, we were in Los Angeles. So I was just in awe of everything. It was cool as. Um, but yeah, the ven- the venue, there were some sketchy people outside of it, like, it was, I think it was like near Hollywood. So um, I didn't really stick around just because I didn't want to get in any trouble like with the with the people who were around. So I went back to the hostel that night and then I got a bus to, oh, where was it? To San Diego. Yeah, that's it. The next gig, the next show she was doing was San Diego. Maybe, I don't think it was the following night, but I think it was two nights later. So I went to San Diego, um, loved San Diego. Oh my God, it's so, it's stunning. Lo- like I thought it was such a cool place. And then um, went to go and see her show again the following night. And um, obviously we'd, we'd only had really like that brief interaction in her first show. And I think, yeah, she had come and like danced in the crowd with us. She always like crowd surfs and stuff. Like she's very, very, very good live performer. Um, so then when I went to the San Diego show, like got got there early, got to the front again and um she yeah comes back on stage and spots me in the crowd again and she's just like amazed that I'm there and yeah I'm I feel like that show was one of my favorite shows I've seen her at because I met some really cool people in the audience like made friends um we were probably like dancing around and uh yeah Kate like came into the crowd and sang with me and was and then at the end of that show um as everyone's kind of moving around and getting ready to leave Kate's manager comes out and it's like, where's the guy from London? Where's the English guy? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, like, are you talking about me? And she's like, yes. And she's like, um, you you come with me. And I remember all the people around me were like, oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So, <laughs> the, so Kate's manager like brings me backstage and is like, right, just sit here. Um, Kate and her band are just getting changed and then she wants to hang out with you. And I was like, oh my God, is this really happening? <laughs> I was just like beyond excited. So yeah, anyway, um, Kate comes out and she's like, oh my God, comes and gives me a hug, brings me into the dressing room. And I just end up hanging out with her and her band and we chat and she asks me like where I've, co- where I've come from and um, like we get pictures together. She put a really cute picture on her Instagram of the two of us. Um, oh, yeah, and like a picture of us with the band. And I'm just like hanging out with them and they're so cool. And then Kate's like, right, what merch do you want? And I'm like, what? And she's like, right. So she got a manager to take me to the merch stand and she was like, take take anything that you want. And I was like, oh, that, like that's too nice. I think I only took one or two things because I was like, I don't want to take the piss. Um, and then, yeah, it was just chatting on with them. Oh, they were so lovely. And then Kate was like, oh, like, are you going to come to the next show? And the next show I think was Santa Ana, um, which was which is like a bit, which is back towards LA, I think. And I was like, well, yeah, I've got a ticket. And she was like, no way. So, and she was like, well, why don't you come on the tour bus with us? Like you can come and travel up with us. And it, I wasn't sure if she was being serious or not. So I was like, uh, yeah. And she was like, well, where are you staying? And like, at, I was staying in a hostel in San Diego, but I had like all of my stuff there. And it was just like the logistics of it. I was like, oh, like I, you know, I've already booked a bus and that. I was like, well, I'll, I'll be at the show tomorrow. I'll, I'll see you at the show there. So I get the bus to Santa Ana, end up staying in this really fucking dodgy ass hotel near the venue, like rough ass. And um, Kate starts texting me like <laughs> concerned about where I'm staying. And she's like, right, you're not staying there. She was like, you're going to come to the show. And afterwards, I'm going to get my sister to pick you up in her car. And you're going to go and stay at my house in Los Angeles. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> um, okay, sure. So I go to Kate's show um, in Santa Ana, another killer show. People in the crowd are literally recognizing me because they're like, oh my God, is that the guy from Kate's Instagram? And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, Kate does a show. We do a whole duet to the song We Get On, which is one of the songs that I would sit and blast on my stereo when I was like 12. So it was like real full circle moment, you know, it was awesome. Um, and then I come backstage again, hang out with more of Kate's crew. I ended up going onto their tour bus and like 
seeing where what like where they all stay and having drinks and it was just like the coolest atmosphere and like getting to hang out with Kate and her band was just like incredible I was like wow how is this my life um yeah and then Kate's sister who Claire who was loveliest girl ever she um she's like come on right I'm gonna take you to Kate's house so then Kate comes and like hugs me goodbye because they're about to go to Arizona on the next tour date but I have to leave because I literally have a flight from LA the next day to go home so yeah I, I get in the car with Claire um Claire like pit, I take all my stuff from the hotel check out from the hotel and then Claire drives me to Kate's home in LA <laughs> and uh, yeah I stay the night there um to the next so the next morning I like wake up in Kate's guest room I'm like looking around and there's all this really cool shit of like achievements and things on the wall that Kate's done and I'm just like pinching myself and I'm like am I really in Kate's house right now (laughs) like what the fuck (laughs) um and yeah I I end up you know staying there hanging out with Claire seeing the piano that Kate probably composes her songs on you know see it oh it was just awesome so yeah really the ultimate super fan experience I don't think I'll ever top that you know especially with it being someone who I have fully idolized since I was a kid and I mean me and Kate are friends now I mean we we chat on her discord page all the time she's lovely loveliest girl ever and you know I think um I really couldn't have chosen someone better to uh stan when I was a teen so love you Kate and um yeah those were my uh celebrity encounter stories So for this next part, it's normally the questions, answers, queries part. I had like planned a little bit with me and my friend Bethany Davis because we recorded like an interview where I was asking her about her celebrity encounters. Um, But as I am extremely terrible at technology, I've actually managed to delete the entire file by accident. Um, and pretty much all the questions and stuff I got on my email were people asking me to talk about Pointless and Kate Nash, (laughs) and I've done that now. Um, so I'll just move, I'll just move swiftly on to the album of the week segment. Yeah, let's do that. And in doing that, I'll be talking about Kate Nash some more because, um, Made of Bricks by Kate Nash, it's got to be my album of the week this week, hasn't it really? Like, I've spoke about the impact it had on me. Obviously, it's the album that introduced me to her music and has therefore um, given me all these incredible experiences. And um, yeah, I I love the album. Um, it's kind of followed me through a lot of different stages of my life. Like when I first fell in love with the album when I was 12, obviously I said before the song Mariella really struck a chord with me. But then growing up... Um, when I was about 16 and I kind of started to like a boy for the first time, I remember the song Nicest Thing just felt like so, um, like it had been written for me. <laughs> and then um, when I was 19 and I was in my first relationship and it was going pretty south, uh, it was a little bit toxic, uh, the song Foundations was just amazing because it just summed up a lot of how I was feeling at the time. Um, and yeah, the storytelling in this album is just phenomenal and it's really relatable. A lot of the... Th- the themes and the topics are things that you know you come across in everyday life but it really does capture like everyday things and make them into something truly special and I mean her vocals on this album are gorgeous like so vulnerable um the instruments like she plays the piano and it's just fantastic um definitely one of my all-time faves so yeah Made of Bricks Kate Nash go check it out I highly recommend if you haven't already listened to it especially if you're like someone who's a little bit younger um you might not remember the summer of 2007 quite the same way I do um so go check it out I highly recommend And now it is time for my uh, and my uh, of the week. Oh, I feel like I should have provided a trigger warning there. Sorry about that, Courtney. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um. So that's let's do it. Um. The thing this week that makes me go uh, is celebrity branded food. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't think anyone saw this one coming um but i thought i'd keep it topical you know we're talking about celebrity encounters and i am actually a um big fan of capitalism um no i'm not uh, i i just right so this is my little story of the week so i was walking through the supermarket 
just doing my daily shop daily uh no sorry government <laughs> i'm not doing daily shops don't arrest me um no doing my weekly shop and i was walking down the biscuit aisle and i just noticed this little pink thing in the distance and i walked up to it and it was a lady gaga chromatica branded oreo packet and I don't buy snacks. I don't even know what I was doing on the biscuit aisle. I think I was looking for cereal bars. Um, but I don't I don't really buy chocolate or crisps or anything like that. Just not my kind of thing. Um, but as soon as I saw these biscuits had Lady Gaga's Chromatica album branded on them, I just had to get them. Uh, took them home and only ate about two of them because I'm not really a biscuit eater. Um, but I just, as soon as I saw the Lady Gaga brand on there, I was like, damn, I need some of those. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has seen like the memes going around on like Instagram. Of, uh, it's like, babe, uh, what's wrong? You've hardly touched your Chromatica curry, and it's like this pink, bright pink curry. Oh, it looks so grim. Um, but you know, it's a good laugh, funny. Um, I'm trying to think of of other things that uh would have been branded by celebrities that I've liked. I mean, whenever you go, obviously whenever you go to someone's tour or something and you see their merch and stuff, if it's branded with a celebrity that you like, I just feel like you're more inclined to go for it, you know? I remember being a teenager and um, I don't wear makeup, don't wear eyelashes, but they would have like the little girls allowed eyelashes with the different members like Nicola, Kimberly, Cheryl and that. And um, I always just used to be like, oh, I'd love to get some Nadine eyelashes because she was my favourite. Uh, oh god, I remember when JLS did those condoms. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I got some Ariche condoms when I was about 16, 17. Is that his name? Ariche? Yeah, so um, just celebrity branded products. I think they're a laugh. And especially if you're a fan of the product. No, a fan of the celebrity. I just I just can't resist but get the product. Um, So yeah. Chromatica Oreos, Nadine Coil eyelashes and Ariche condoms. Get a big fat... Ah. Alright, now for the thing that makes me go... And this week it is... um, I'm going to say it's a topical one because um, the New York Times, I think in partnership with Hulu, have just released a documentary called Framing Britney Spears. And for anyone who's a Britney super fan like myself, um, none of it is really news because we already know all the stuff that's gone... kind of gone down... Um, and yet, a lot of stuff we don't know. Um, but my <gasps> of the week goes to Britney Spears' conservatorship. Um, did I say that right? Conservatorship. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's just no need for it. I really don't think there is. Obviously, we don't have all the documents. We don't know everything. But if you watch this documentary, it is very, very clear that, you know, the crazy amount of money that she brings in, Everything is just so mishandled, and I think there is just no need for her dad to be the conservator. Like, he, she has said in the courts that she is scared of him. He has shown throughout the years that he is not the kind of person that should be in control of her money. I just, you know, I don't want to go into the fine details too much, because a lot of things online especially are, like, people sharing conspiracies and shit, um, but just from, you know, the, from what we do have and like what we've seen, Britney Spears, she's been through a lot. That's undoubtedly true. Um, obviously, the media treated her horrifically back in the day. And I just think she is coming up for 40 now. She should have her freedom. And, you know, it doesn't mean she has to be completely um, rid of the conservatorship. If it does seem like it still needs to be in place, Britney herself has said that she just wants for uh, it to be handled by like a bank not her abusive father. So, yeah, I really am not a big fan of the whole situation of what's going down with Britney. It makes me feel incredibly uncomfortable. And um, I just, I love her so much and I just want her to to have her freedom and to be happy. So, um, yeah, love you, Britney. And get that fucking conservatorship ended, please. If Britney is well enough to perform world tours, to release albums to work like a donkey for all these people to make money off her, then I think she is old enough to be able to make simple decisions for herself. And, you know, well enough to make simple decisions for herself. So, ugh, the whole situation is just very frustrating. Um, And anyone who doesn't really know what's going on with it, uh, framing Britney Spears, I I, I watched it on YouTube, um, but I'm sure you'll be able to find it online somewhere. Um, But yeah, I highly recommend watching the documentary. It is massively eye-opening.
And even just actually seeing how the media treated her on reflection now is uh, fascinating. And um, yeah, oh, I love her. Love you, Brett. And a big fat <sighs> to that conservatorship. All right, so there we have it. That was my second episode, Celebrity Encounters, Meeting My Heroes. And yeah, lovely. Um, Go listen to that Kate Nash album, Made of Bricks. And uh, yeah, watch that Britney documentary. It's really interesting. Um, I've been, I've really enjoyed recording this episode. It's been good fun. Uh, Taking a trip down memory lane of, you know, hanging out with the celebs. Um, Next week, I'm going to ground myself a bit. You know, I feel like I've got a little bit... uh, nose in the air now that I've been hanging out with all these celebrities. So next week, the topic of the week is going to be lockdown lessons. Yeah, stuff learned in lockdown. Um, I just feel like I haven't really spoke about it in um, this podcast yet. I wanted to, you know, do a bit of fun and light stuff first. But yeah, next week will be lockdown lessons. So please um, let me know. Have you learned any skills in lockdown? Have you uh, learned anything about yourself? How's it been for you? Just, uh, you know, give me stories. Let me know. And, you know, send in questions, anything like that. Um, My email is hello.olliedhead at gmail.com. Or you can message me on my Instagram. The podcast page is at ollietedtalks. Um, I would love to hear from you. Please just let let me know any lockdown lessons. And then even if you've got stuff um, from the previous topics like sexuality or um, this topic that we've just done now, Celebrity Encounters, I would love to hear your stories and I'll call them out, read them out on uh, the next episode. Fab. And don't forget to rate and review me on Apple Podcasts uh, or whatever podcast app you're listening to. Big help for me if you enjoyed the episode, of course. Uh, if you didn't, I'm just, you know, they say, um, what is it? If you haven't got anything nice to say, don't say anything. <laughs> so um, I'm going to whack that saying out at you uh but i mean if you haven't enjoyed this podcast and you've listened to this much i mean we are like 50 minutes in then uh, what are you playing at mate you know um but yeah rate and review kate nash made a bricks album of the week highly recommend and um it's been lovely i will talk to you on next week's episode ta-ra Ollie Lewis is a podcasting god. <gasps>